Welcome to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. This is episode four, Ryan Jenkins. Hey everyone, welcome back to True Crime Works, a true crime podcast. This is episode four, Ryan Jenkins. I'm your host, Ash. And today we're going to be talking about Ryan Jenkins and the murder of Jasmine Fiore. Jasmine Fiore was murdered on August 15, 2009. The prime suspect in her murder was Ryan Jenkins, her husband. Now he was famous for being on a reality show. This reality show was called Megan Wants a Millionaire and it was on VH1. We're going to get started with VH1 dating shows, a little history about that, and where the show Megan Wants a Millionaire came from. I know a lot about this because I was the biggest fan of VH1 dating shows back in the day. I loved every single one of them. It all started, of course, with Flavor of Love back in 2006. This was when Flavor Flav tried to find love. And it took him three seasons, and he did not find love on the show, sadly, even though he did pick three final women on the show. It didn't last, but still, it was an amazing show. With that came several spinoffs. I Love New York. That was an amazing show. And then, of course, I Love Money, which is the competition show that features the cast of these shows all together competing for money. I kind of refer to it as the bachelor pad of VH1. If you're familiar with ABC's bachelor pad, the show that used to be on, it's pretty much like that. And of course, that brings us to Rock of Love with Brett Michaels. This was also an amazing show and he was on it for three seasons where, sadly, he did not find love with any of the contestants. But it's still made for pretty fantastic TV. Now, Megan Hauserman was a contestant on the second season of this show. She would ultimately come in fifth place because Brett Michaels just did not feel the love connection with her. But she was very popular among the fans. And she went on to I Love Money. And then she went on to Rock of Love Charm School. Now, this is where, if you remember seeing this, she got into a fight with the host Sharon Osbourne at the reunion. Yeah, that was real, too. Megan was no stranger to reality shows. She appeared on the third season of Beauty and the Geek where she won with her partner, and his name was Scooter, his nickname. Megan is also really smart. She graduated in 2005 at the University of Illinois at Chicago with a degree in accounting. But after that, she decided that she wanted to have a life in the entertainment industry. And she began doing some modeling for Playboy and stuff like that. And then eventually she got onto reality TV shows. 
And she's beautiful, so you can see how this would happen. So she was on charm school, and one of the episodes, someone asked her what she wanted for a career, and she said she would make a really good trophy wife. So then they decided to make a show about that. VH1 called this show, Megan Wants a Millionaire. And it would feature guys that had a net worth of over a million dollars. And they would all come in and try to date Megan. And then she would pick her final one at the end. And whatever happened, happened. Now, a little inside information that I was able to find out. I actually watched a YouTube video that was an interview of Megan. This was recently. This was in September of 2020. And it was an amazing interview. She really did not hold back. She spilled the tea. And the interviewer was really great, too. It was really enjoyable to watch. I'll put a link in my sources in my show notes so you can watch it if you'd like to. I highly recommend it. But she said that of all her guys, Ryan Jenkins was actually the one that she was most interested in, which I didn't know until I saw that interview. Her guy that won was named TJ, and she did not see herself pursuing anything romantically at the end of the show with him. But she was strongly encouraged by production to pick him. They didn't want her to ruin the show. And she also said that she signed a three-season contract on the show, which kind of like Rock of Love or Flavor of Love. Hmm. So she said her goal was to do what she was told, pick TJ, but she knew that wouldn't last, so she actually wanted to date Ryan Jenkins at the end of the show. So she planned to call him after and say, you know, I'm sorry I couldn't pick you, but I'm really interested in pursuing something now that the show's off and the cameras are off. But that did not happen. So she eliminated him. He came in third place. And then she said he was blowing up her phone after and probably wanted an answer, but she couldn't do anything about it because the show was still airing and filming. So after the show was over, she planned to call him and somehow they got in contact. And then that's when he told her, I met my soulmate. So Megan was like, yeah, okay, well, Guess I'm not going to tell you what I wanted to tell you about wanting to date you. So have a nice life. Good luck. And they never spoke again. So Ryan came in third on Megan Wants a Millionaire. And then he went on to the third season of I Love Money, the competition show, where he won the season. This did not air for obvious reasons, we'll get to, but he was the winner of that show. A little bit about Jasmine Fiore. She was 28 years old at the time of her death. She moved to Las Vegas to pursue a career in the entertainment industry. And it was going pretty well. She was a swimsuit model and worked 
as a body-painted model for parties in the entertainment industry. She appeared in many Las Vegas casino shows and also acted in commercials and even did an adult chatline commercial. According to her friends and family, she was a very driven person. She had her real estate license and also had hopes of opening up a gym and personal training center. She was a lot more than just her looks, but she was a very beautiful woman. She appeared on the arm of many famous people in the Las Vegas area. She had some relationships, especially with a couple men. Her ex, Travis, from earlier, who she was at the party with, she met him around 2005, and they became engaged even, according to some reports, but that never worked, and they broke that off. I heard that he just wasn't ready to settle down, and she was. But they continued to date kind of on and off for a while, until the time of her death. So shortly after filming Megan Wants a Millionaire, Ryan decides to go to Las Vegas to party a little bit and blow off steam. This is where he would meet Jasmine Fiore. They hit it off right away. He even told everyone she was his soulmate. The pair actually shared the same birthday, and according to them, it was a sign. Two days later, they married at the Little White Wedding Chapel on the Vegas Strip. Their marriage was not a happy one from the start. Sure, they did seem to be really in love and maybe even obsessed with each other, but Ryan Jenkins had a very bad jealous streak. He was really jealous of Fiore's friendships with her exes. One time they were at a pool party in Vegas and Fiore was seen kissing her ex-boyfriend, Travis. And Jenkins became so outraged that he hit her arm and caused her to fall into a nearby swimming pool. He was charged with domestic violence. And he was even supposed to go on trial before everything happened. The pair reconciled shortly before everything happened. And they were traveling to San Diego for a poker game together. Their relationship seemed to be very on and off. Sometimes they would be full of passion and other times they would be fighting about exes and getting jealous and it seemed really unhealthy kind of like a roller coaster abusive relationship that you definitely would want to stay away from her own mother said that they fought very frequently and that his jealousy was a huge issue for them she even said that her daughter wanted to annul the marriage but there are no records of that Ryan would go on to film I Love Money Season 3, which he won. And then shortly after that, they reconciled. 
and they were going to San Diego for a poker tournament together. It was a charity fundraiser. This was the last time that anyone saw Jasmine Fiore alive. They apparently checked into the hotel the evening of August 13th, 2009. Jenkins was then seen returning to the hotel room at around 9 a.m. the following morning, which was Friday, August 14th, 2009. Now, the next day, August 15th, Jasmine Fiore's body was discovered, but not identified yet, because her body was so badly beaten and it was crushed inside a suitcase and found in a dumpster in an alley in California. Her fingers and teeth had been removed, which was probably in order to keep anyone from identifying her. Authorities said that she had been strangled. But there is some good news here because whoever killed her tried to prevent her from being identified, but she was able to be identified because of the serial number on her breast implant. Every implant has a serial number and it can be traced to you. Luckily, this was the same in her case. And that's why they were able to find out it was her. Pretty amazing, huh? The coroner office reported that she died a couple hours before the body was found. Her Mercedes was found in a parking lot in West Hollywood. And that was about a mile from the house that she was living in at the time. She fought back. There was a lot of blood on her, and there was evidence that she really struggled to stay alive. But unfortunately, she just could not. Jenkins reported that she went missing on August 15th around 9 p.m. She said they went to the poker event and returned and then he said that she dropped him off and said she wanted to do some errands, but then she just never returned. The police, of course, had to get to the bottom of this, and they had to investigate what really happened to Jasmine. Around this time, everyone was becoming suspicious with Jenkins, and of course, he was acting suspicious. On August 16th, 2009, the day after Fiore went missing, Jenkins was seen leaving the house for the last time. Police said he left L.A. and then went to Nevada to pick up his speedboat. August 17th, Jenkins was in Utah and he was contacted by the police. He said he was headed up to Canada because there were some issues with his visa or something like that. The next day, August 18th, this was when 
the media found out about all this. And since he was a contestant on a reality show that was airing at the time, it was a pretty big deal. On August 20, Jenkins was officially charged with Fury's murder and an arrest warrant was issued for him. The evening of August 20th, Jenkins arrived at the Thunderbird Motel in Hope, British Columbia, Canada. He was seen entering the hotel with a younger blonde woman who was later found out to be his half-sister. The manager said that they were both very nice people and did not suspect anything until later when they did not check out. The manager also said that Ryan Jenkins was not recognizable from the picture. All the pressure had to have been getting to him and he was not looking himself. So on August 23rd at 11.30 a.m., the two of them failed to check out of the room. The manager and his nephew decided to check on the room to see what was going on. Jenkins was found dead, his body hanging from the wall. Clothes rack by a belt. There was no suicide note found at the scene, but there was a one-page suicide note on his computer that was titled Last Will and Testament that the police would find, and that was dated August 20th, 2009. On August 27th, investigators would find a storage unit of his belongings and included a full case of his clothes. His cause of death was later said to be a suicide. The note was never released, but it was said that he did not acknowledge her death nor did he take any blame from it. He basically said he loved her, he expressed his love for her, and he wrote that he was very angry and jealous of everything that was going on. And he even mentioned her other relationships with other men and how jealous he was of that. And stuff like that. He also seemed to blame her for what she had done to him, saying that she was unfaithful and the media portrayed him in a bad light, which is really sad because, once again, victim blaming. He's the one that murdered her. And he's blaming her for it, which is really sad to hear. So he strangled his wife to death and then killed himself in a hotel room. So following all of this, 
Megan Wants a Millionaire was still airing on VH1. They decided to put the show on hiatus. So people were thinking maybe it would come back, maybe they would address stuff, but they never did. And it was deleted from their website, so that let everyone know it was definitely not coming back. It's kind of like it never existed. The same thing with I Love Money 3, which was not airing, but it was basically scrubbed from existence. Something interesting that would come up later is that Ryan had been convicted two years earlier of assaulting a woman in Calgary. But VH1 and the people that did the background checks for them never found out about this. It was not disclosed to them. And that's really interesting about those background checks. I remember one season of The Bachelor, or The Bachelorette, I think, there was a contestant on there that had a case like this going on, but it wasn't caught. So it's really interesting about those kind of background checks and what actually they do, because it's kind of their responsibility to protect the other contestants. And I believe there was some kind of lawsuit or something against the people that did the background check or something like that. So this was a very tragic case. And I remember when all this happened back in 2009, I was thinking, you know, it's really unfair to Megan because her show gets canceled. She doesn't get another show. This is not her fault at all. And then she kind of faded from the spotlight for a while. And I kind of, you know, wondered what was going on, how she was handling things. I just feel like VH1 should have done something more for her. They kind of just let her out dry, which wasn't really fair at all. But like I said, I was watching the YouTube video interview that she did. And she also said that maybe that was for the best. She kind of implied that because she was trying to process everything that was going on with her because she was close to this man and he did this heinous thing to his wife. So she had a lot to process and maybe it was better that she was able to do that in private. And she also said, I think in an earlier interview that she was scared after when he was on the loose that he might try and contact her, but he didn't. So that was really a rough time for her, but luckily she persevered and came through the other end and is doing very well right now. She is married and has a son with her husband. And if you follow her on Instagram or her YouTube channel, she seems to be living a really good life and she really deserves that. I'm glad for her. And I just hope that everyone can put this past them and, you know, move forward. Sadly enough, I think this was pretty much the end of those amazing VH1 dating shows. Nothing really came on the scene since then. So it was very tragic in every single way.
Thank you so much for listening to True Crime Works. I hope you enjoyed episode four, the Ryan Jenkins case. If you could, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps everyone find the podcast. Also, follow me on Instagram at True Crime Works. And if you have any suggestions for upcoming cases, you can either send a message on Instagram or email me, truecrimeworks at gmail.com. I look forward to talking to you next week.